0: Welcome to episode eight of the Been There Lost Fat podcast. Real education and advice from people who get it. We've been there, lost fat, and successfully helped many others in doing so. We're here to help you weed through all of the bad information and gimmicks to reach your health, fitness, and physique goals in a sustainable way. I'm Sarah Fucinari, an integrative health practitioner, certified nutrition coach, and head coach of Team Fit With Me. Here with my assistant coaches and certified nutritionists, Jess Valoy and Taylor Nobles.
1: Hello, ladies.
2: Hello. Oh.
0: <laughs> um, I'm super excited about today's guest. Um, she has an awesome story. And I don't know if you know this, but today is our one year anniversary. Um, welcome to the pod, Brooke.
1: Oh. oh, thank you so much. That's cool. I didn't even realize it was our one year anniversary, but that's really
0: I went amazing. to, um, I intended to send them to you, but I pulled your start to now pictures. And I, cause I was like, oh, when, when, we, when did we start? And I was like, today one year ago was the first time i saw you in your underwear
1: (laughs) (laughs) and you've seen it it. how many times
0: Uh, i mean 52 weeks about (laughs) 52
3: 52 times That's probably what a lucky more girl I nice am.
1: Yeah. My boyfriend has seen me in my panties and underwear. I mean,
0: <laughs> let's make it weird Honestly. before we talk about anything, guys. <laughs> I love it. Well, welcome to the pod. Um, I would love for you to just start by kind of introducing yourself, telling us kind of just like who you are, where you're from, what you do. Give us just like a little taste, and then we'll dive into kind of the nitty gritty, gritty health and fitness stuff.
1: Okay. Um, My name is Brooke. I am from Texas. I am a mental health nurse. I had VSG in 2020, so it's been January of 2020, so it's been right at about three years since I had my VSG surgery. Um, I lost like 190 pounds before I started working with Sarah and um, had gotten to a point where I was like, okay, I really want to be that girl that like when someone sees me, they say, oh my God, she works out, like she's really strong, and I didn't know how to do that by myself, so that's where Sarah came in and the team.
0: Well, I can't believe that it's been a year. Um, can you, um, Jess, I'll pass the mic-, the mic to you for our, for our next question here.
2: Yeah. Um, what is the dumbest or the most extreme diet or exercise that you've ever done?
1: Um, I think the probably the most extreme that I ever did was keto. Um, and it was really, really why it was so dumb is because I thought that I could eat like pepperonis and cheese for basically every meal. And that it was going to be healthy for my body for me to lose weight in that Mm -hmm. way. Like looking back now, I'm like,
0: God, I was just been there. We've all been there.
1: Really (laughs) during that time. Um, So that was probably the most silly, of of course, with all of them. You lose weight the first month or whatever. So that's cool. And then it stops happening, and I... I really never did any diet for longer than a month or two, though. Not even gonna
0: lie. So I have to be honest that. So first of all, I like asking this question to pretty much everybody that comes on because no, I never encounter anybody in this health and fitness space that like hasn't done some dumb shit. So it's always a fun question to ask, right? We've all done some dumb, desperate things. <laughs> right. um, I have done the the right. zero carb life. I didn't poop for like ever. I was actually I did in high school when I did it. I remember like laying on the floor in pain and not going to school because I couldn't poop for so like and yeah let me just have another pound of ground beef mom that sounds great um so I like to always kind of dive in because I think that the way that we all kind of like connect is that we all have like tried a bunch of dumb shit right and for three out of the four of us here we've done every very extreme thing of modifying our anatomy as well Mm -hmm. um but I think that that's that such a big missing piece is that like that lifestyle piece and that desperation piece and the time piece that we talk about a lot here um so i like to dive into like kind of the dumbest mm-hmm. thing here and um and and i I want to talk about your experience with the team but i, I think it's always fun to dive into the kind of the history books on that um i know when we linked up so i have been following you for like a long time probably since like early early surgery days Um, and then I think that the way that you and I like ultimately connected is I slid into your DMS (laughs) because you were, you were posting about how you were like starting to struggle. Right. And I kind of like slid, slid on in there and I was like, girl, I can help you. Do you want, do you want to come over to the fit with me side? (laughs) So if we go back to like January, 2021 or 2022, excuse me, Brooke, um, you know, you had so much amazing success on your own. Like Why? Why did we connect? Why did you join the team? What were like your goals? Where were your struggles before we met?
1: Yeah. So um, like I said, I got to a point where I was like, I just want everybody to know that I work out, that like I've put a shit ton of work into this body because I've had people say, you know, well, of course you look like that. You had surgery. And I'm like, no. This I fought for, like this, and I wanted people to be able to look at me and say, okay, she fought for that. But I had no idea how to do it because I was not athletic at all, ever in my life. And um, I also found where I would I would go to the gym and I would be halfway through my workout and I'd have to like get a protein bar from the vending machine they have there because my blood sugar would be crashing in the middle of my workout and I was like, I don't know what to do. I'm eating, you know, this much protein that they told mm-hmm. me to eat whenever I was newly post op and I'm eating this many calories that they told me to eat aroundabouts for this far out from surgery. And it's supposed to be working, but it's not. And I felt terrible, and I wasn't getting any results. So when you slid in my DMs, I was like, you know, I'm not real crazy about someone, like, telling me what I can and can't eat. But what I'm doing isn't (laughs) working, so I guess I'll give it a try.
0: I think you have a really good point um, that we've touched on before when it comes to, like, the bariatric basics. And you can tell me if your experience was Mm -hmm. similar. And you have a lot of layers to your journey, and I think we should talk about kind of um, some internal health stuff as well, because I think those are really important parts of the of of the puzzle that we put together. But for me, um, and lots of people that I've worked with that have had surgery, our our bariatric team is awesome for healing. They, they, you know, protein, water, make sure that you're getting some movement in. Um, But once we heal, like I think that their advice is totally fucking useless. Did you have the same experience? Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, after a certain point, well, I knew, you know, that I wanted the surgery to reset my relationship with food. I wanted it to be like a like a fresh start with food for me. Mm-hmm. And so I knew that I didn't want to get shoved into that box where someone told me you can only eat 800 calories a day for the rest of your life. I wanted to learn how to have a healthy relationship with food, but there's not a lot of people that also feel that same way that are in the bariatric community and there's not a lot of uh, guidance especially for me because i had my surgery in mexico so basically oh i didn't know that they yeah yeah I had no okay so what's the
0: process much, for so that so. What's Uh, the process for that? Like, how did you find somebody for that? What was the, like, was recovery scary? I I need to know about this. I haven't, I actually don't know if I've ever had a conversation (laughs) with somebody that's gone to Mexico. Tell me more.
1: Um, yeah. So I, the process, as far as like getting started, you fill out like a health questionnaire. They ask if you have any major health issues. When's the last time you saw a physician and they asked for like blood work and stuff, at least with my surgeon they did. I, I don't know if it's like that mm-hmm. with every surgeon. Um, and then I paid a deposit and I just went to, I did a pre-op diet, like three week pre-op diet. And then I went to Mexico <laughs> and had surgery. I had no um, idea. So what kind of that, guidance
0: do they give you? Like, what kind of guidance did they give? I I know pretty much what people in the U.S. get. Is it the same, you know, just that healing diet?
1: Basically, there was not much past, like, you know, that you can go back to eating full food stage. Like, once you got past that, Mm -hmm. like, six, eight weeks or whatever, there was not a whole lot of guidance. And that's honestly how I ended up building such a large community in Instagram because I was lost and I had no idea – like, what foods I could eat that were high protein or, like, what my meals, what ways I could build up my meals to get the amount of protein I needed in, I had no idea. So I started building community through social media um, because I just really felt like I didn't have guidance, you know, on what to do past that newly post-op stage.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's what that's why I started my, my Instagram is I was like, I wasn't I wasn't really on Instagram to be a participant. <laughs> I was there just to come and like just steal information from everybody else that was participating um, when it all started. Right. But it was just like there wasn't a lot of resources available. It was just finding other people that did it. What's been working for you? Oh, you did a pouch reset that worked Oh, Let me try that thing. Um, it was it really was that I've kind of never stuff. never done but- one. Um, I, you know what? I think I maybe like attempted one, but like, fuck that. I think I maybe got through like a half day and I was like, sugar-free jello. Like, no. Jess, have you done a
2: Paltreza? Not a full one. Couldn't get through it. I like to chew my food, so (laughs) it doesn't doesn't work out for me. Yeah. And I think I'm the opposite of you guys. I started my Instagram because I wanted to be a resource and I wanted to be somebody that people could, you know, follow along and get information from, because that's what I did when I was searching Mm -hmm. for my weight loss surgery stuff as I was looking at other people's blogs or weight loss journeys on Instagram. And it was really helpful for me to like decide what I wanted to do to see what everybody else's like progress and experience and what all that was. So I was like, okay, well, I'm just going to share everything and maybe I can be that resource for somebody one day. My husband would be like, why can't people just talk to Mm -hmm. their doctors or Google stuff? Why do they have to ask you questions? I was like, well, they don't have to, but it's, you know, helpful to get like firsthand experience from real people to kind of understand what could happen to you you know everybody's a little different but i don't know
0: mm-hmm. taylor have you ever done a liquid diet
3: um besides like a little juice cleanse no i've never and i couldn't even make it through that
0: <laughs> oh i've just, oh my god yeah i don't even think i've made it through like a day of any any kind of liquid anything by the end of the like, day i mean yes I post-surgery eat, when i like i do i need food yeah 100 percent. where are those cookies yeah. <laughs>
3: and that's usually how it ends right you're usually like starving yourself all day with the juices or the liquid and then at the end of it you're just chowing down on whatever you can find so it really doesn't help i
0: I, I wonder why i struggled with binge eating (laughs) gosh guys how did we build such unhealthy habits i have no idea how this
2: happened (laughs) not a (laughs) clue
0: So, so Brooke has a couple extra complications that I think are notable here and, and have really had to be a part of our strategy in getting you healthy. And we did start with a health phase. So, um, so can you talk a little bit about your autoimmune and kind of just like what that looks like for you and what and, and how you have to manage it on your end? And, and I can chime in if you, if you want my input as well.
1: <laughs> yeah, um, I was diagnosed with Graves' disease when I was like 17 Um, And when I was 18, I had my thyroid ablated with uh, radioactive iodine. Um, So I don't have a thyroid anymore. Um, And one of the things that I've learned, you know, over the last, how many years is that, 12, 13 years of living with an autoimmune condition is that um, stress or change or being overtired or whatever has a huge inflammatory effect on my body. I, you can just see me start to puff up everywhere whenever I'm stressed. Um, I have a lot of like, Muscular pain, I would guess that someone would probably diagnose me with fibromyalgia, but I don't want another diagnosis. But I'll I, if I get stressed and I get inflamed, then my body just hurts so bad and it all ties back into mm-hmm. that autoimmune response
0: well and that i I actually think that you had a really good point there of saying i think somebody would diagnose me with another autoimmune well autoimmune comes down to inflammation you hit the nail on the head there right so like any i mean yes we have more more information that are specific about things that is the root of what we need to manage when it comes to anything that is in that wheelhouse and yeah one thing can lead to the other but i was talking to somebody this morning who has a lot of health stuff going on. And she's kind of gotten caught in her diagnosis of just being like, this is how I, I identify now. And it's holding her back big time. Um, I've, I've had other clients, we talked about this when we had Chris on the podcast, that we had one gal that she had like a slew of diagnosis and, and we all talked to her and he was like, you know what, your genetics might be this, but your lifestyle can totally counteract it. Um, and I think that that's something that like really is overlooked is that we're always like, well, what can I like medicate or what can I, what, you know, doing all these things without looking at the lifestyle things. And I think that that was probably the, you can tell me if I'm wrong, I'm going to ask you this question too. Probably one of the curve balls I threw your way was I was like, sleep.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You, you really had, because last year, well, before I started working with you, so not last year, it would have been the year before, um, I was insistent that I was going to go to the gym five days a week, every week. It didn't matter if I got three hours of sleep the night before. I was going to go to work. I was going to go work out after I got off of work. And that's the life that I lived for at least a year, year and a half. And then I started working with you and you were like if you need to take a day off the gym just so you can get some extra rest, then you need to do that because rest is important. Mm -hmm. And I was like, "What?" (laughs) so I had to really learn how to rest and really learn how to start to see the cues of like when my body was going into that inflammatory process and try to catch it early on and start to put, implement stuff like extra rest or, um, switching down and, doing just yoga and, you know, walking around my neighborhood instead of going and lifting super heavy just so that I could keep myself from going into a huge inflammation spiral.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, and like, you know, everybody says that like, well, athletes have off off seasons too. And I find that like, um, some clients I program in D loads, you're one of actually the few clients that I am like, we've been pushing for a while, we need to take a minute here. Most of the time, something like life-wise yeah. comes up that kind of just makes that happen. So I don't program it in. But you're so determined and you're such a hard worker that like we have to pump the brakes like uh, on purpose and, and watch those things. And I mm-hmm. think that that's been uh, probably one of the hardest things I've asked of you is to stop doing shit.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know how to not do things.
0: Well, like, you know, they say that your greatest blessing is your biggest curse. I mean, like, I feel you. <laughs>
3: yeah.
0: <laughs> but it's for you, like, it. in the life that you have set up, I mean, so Brooks been in school the past year, like, she just, congratulations. She became a real lab nurse. Um, you know, you, you're yeah. like, you chose a very stressful career path. So that adds, you know, more complications, more layers. And so yeah. To, yeah. to get back on topic, in the past year, I've literally asked Brooke to eat a shit ton of food, um, sleep, lift heavy things and have fun. I think that's pretty, is that pretty much what we've done for a year?
1: Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. One- she was like, Hey, you're gonna, you're gonna eat like 2000 calories for the foreseeable future. And I was like, that seems like a lot, but I'm just gonna trust you. Mm-hmm.
0: And so I'll, I'll pass the, the mic over to Taylor uh, on the next one here.
3: So I have a two part question. What did you think joining the team would be like and what has it actually been like for you?
1: Remember I said earlier that I didn't want someone to be telling me what I had to eat. Um, So that's what I thought it was gonna be like. I thought it was someone gonna be like, Here, you need to eat this low amount of calories, is what I thought it was going to be, and eat these specific foods, you know, like, I was thinking, like, I was going to be living that broccoli, rice, chicken life for forever, and um, so I did avoid it. I think I talked to Sarah more than once about joining the team, and at first I was like, "Eh, I'm kind of, I've got a lot going on in my life, I don't really want to join, but really what it was is that I didn't want to be held accountable Mm -hmm. to anybody for what I was putting in my mouth um and I didn't want anybody to tell me that I couldn't eat anything you know um and then when I started working with the team again Sarah was like okay so for you know just until we see what happens with your body we're just gonna feed you like way more than what you were eating before and I was like what (laughs) And just was like, okay, well, I'll go with it. Um, And it also, you know, they gave me, Jess gave me um, my first, I think it was the first month you gave me like a meal plan for the first month. Is that correct? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So the first, first month, Jess gave me you know, my milk pan, I was eating steak. I, I don't eat like that anymore because I'm lazy. Um, but <laughs> I was eating all kinds of good food, potatoes, and I was like, I mean, this is like diet thing's not all that bad. Um, and so that's kind of where the difference was for me. Like, I really thought that I was gonna be eating food that I hated and not eating, not and feel like I was starving all the time and then just to be in the space even now when i'm in a diet phase i am not starving i am very well fed and eating food that is mm-hmm. very good so that would be the big difference i think in my perception
0: well i think that we get so focused on weight loss defined as like just number down on scale when we really want to be focusing on fat loss and so, we, so when we see number go down on scale, right. we want that to be coming from the right place, especially because you have spent a whole year not dieting, building muscle. So for us to be like, you know what? Yeah. We're just gonna starve now. Just to see that number go down would be like just the <laughs> dumbest thing that we could do right now. Um, and I think bringing right. up that meal plan point of view is so interesting. Cause I do think that people hear like, oh, we're gonna like teach you, we're gonna help you with your meal plan. Um, or we're gonna give you your macros and teach you how to count macros. That people think that it's gonna be like, you know, You're going to be like choking on egg whites and you're going to, you know, be eating bro chicken, Bryce, broccoli meals. And which is fine. I eat plenty of bro meals because I don't give a shit and and I too am lazy. Um, But Mm -hmm. Jess, I kind of would love for you to share how it all works for when somebody does sign up and they feel like, oh my God, I don't want to be
2: told. There is two sides of that coin. And there's the person that wants to be told exactly what to eat and what amounts for all of their meals because they don't, they they have decision fatigue for the rest of their life. So they just want to be told exactly what to do. And then you have the other end of the spectrum that's like, nope, if you tell me what to do, I'm going to do the exact opposite. I don't want to be told what to do. Uh, And so kind of my new way of phrasing the meal plan to people when they're onboarding is, this is a draft. This is a draft that we're going to work together to try to like figure out, you know, what's going to work for you, what can you get at your grocery store, what's going to work in your schedule. And you might not know before you start actually implementing it what that is going to look like. It might sound great on that Sunday and then Monday you're at work and you're like, nope, this ain't it. And then we work together and we adjust and we find those things. Brooke and I have been on several calls where we've been like, okay, let's let's revamp this menu. Let's figure out how we're going to make this work. How are we going to make this work now that I'm a nurse and I have to work these 12-hour shifts and I'm not always going to be able to sit down and warm up a meal and eat it. Mm-hmm. Like, how do I keep moving and keep my macros in? And everybody's everybody's a little bit different. So no two meal plans are going to look the same. Everything's adjusted on the fly constantly so
0: yeah And there are certain principles i mean brooke has brooke has plenty of guidelines <laughs> as far as things to eat but with but within <laughs> those guidelines and those parameters and, and the and, and i think that we can probably map it out and that we have Uh, a quantity guidelines so macros and then we have quality guidelines with her as well because we are managing inflammation and there are certain things that don't agree with her and but even with those so so I think that you could approach that of being like my diet is so restrictive do you feel like your diet is restrictive now that you've kind of learned how to do it
1: no no I feel like I like I said I eat good food and I eat a lot of it um I miss pizza desperately but I also have had pizza several times over the last year and it makes me feel terrible. (laughs) So I know that pizza doesn't miss me. (laughs) That's
0: a good point. Well, and we've I've had this conversation with a lot of people recently is that there is there are like appropriate times and places for everything and saying that you're going to have a piece of grandma's pumpkin pie at Thanksgiving and enjoy it with your family is radically different than I'm going to wake up in the middle of the night and binge on whatever I can find. and I'm going to hide the wrappers in the bottom of the trash can. Those are very different things, but I think we can add another layer to that, that right. what are the consequences of this action uh, digestively? If this is not going to make me feel well, is it really, you know, is this really an appropriate indulgence, right? So I think that that's something to always consider as well. Right. I'm I'm sorry.
1: And I have
2: to because I say a lot of the times I'll offer up like um, macro hacks and stuff for, for stuff like that so that we can find the ingredients that make you feel good. But sometimes it just doesn't hit. Sometimes you don't want the fake pizza, sometimes you just want the real stuff. And the macro hacks just they don't cut it. Mm-hmm.
0: yeah it's true I, I mean there yeah yeah it's true sometimes you need the real thing and sometimes you're like you know what I know this is gonna make me feel like shit, but I don't eat it all the time and I'm just gonna feel like because yeah. I want to eat this <laughs> right we can do that guilt-free too I think
1: yeah that's one thing that I liked with you around the holidays you you'd say like in your check-ins around the holidays like this is your decision how do you want to feel you know the day after this holiday do you want to be paying the consequences for your food choices and are you okay with those consequences mm-hmm. then if you are go for it
0: well do i think it. that's part of being If you're
1: not then that's your choice yeah well
0: i think that's part of like being accountable and also just developing like maturity around food and i hate that term but that term really does suit especially in this this circumstance and for anybody who's listening that's not a client when you check in the week before um a holiday i, I put in like a silly question box and I say, choose your level of fuckery. And, the re- and, I, and I make it silly and I curse because I'm me. And the reason I do that is I want you to just mm-hmm. to, to choose your actions based off of being okay with the consequences. And so there's options that say everything from it is important for me to make as much progress as possible. I know that I can enjoy holiday foods any time of the year, but this week it's really important for me to execute my plan. I expect to look and feel my best next week at check-in all the way down to the other side of the scale. I don't give a shit. I'm going to throw it in the bucket bucket. I'm going to eat like an asshole. I'm going to get blacked out drunk, but I'm going to be okay with the fact that it's going to take me a couple of weeks of getting back to work before I reach, come back to my baseline. I think that's okay. The situation I don't like to see is when somebody checks in after a holiday and they've acted like a total ass, but then they're also bummed with the consequences of our actions. Like we have to take some ownership here and I, I, I right. and it's like, it's like, you know, spending too much money over the weekend and like not wanting to look at your credit card statement. Well, like you're gonna have to, you're gonna have to face the fucking facts at some point. But I think that that's a really important thing in just developing that maturity. Is right. I think that we all can agree that the reason that we've struggled with our physiques um, is, is not because we have a good relationship with food.
1: Right,
2: exactly. All right, who's next?
0: Who has the question?
2: Nope, you.
3: Algo. Oh, it's Jess. Okay, Um, let's see. What has been the most challenging thing for you over the past year?
1: Um, Managing my time. Uh, Like Sarah said, I was in nursing school. I don't know why I thought that it would be a great idea for me to take on one of the challenging, the most challenging things I've ever done in regards to my food and fitness at the same time as going through an accelerated (laughs) bachelor's of nursing program, but I did. Um, And so managing my time was really, really difficult because my program was very hard. Um, And then at the same time I was trying to balance like meal prepping and making sure that I was eating the way that I needed to. And I was traveling all the time. I think I traveled to Austin and I live about an hour and a half away from Austin, I traveled to Austin like two times a week at least. And then I was traveling to Waco, which is about 45 minutes away, at least two times a week. I was on the road all the time and I still was managing to like meal plan and prep. And I honestly don't know how I did it, but that was probably Mm -hmm. the hardest thing that I've had to tackle over the last year is being really intentional about my time.
0: Mm-hmm. It, it is hard but this but it was important to you so you got it done um yeah. when i started doing this when i first signed up with my coach i was a national sales rep and so i was on airplanes like at least once a week and i had to like i i had like i could i couldn't bring my blow dryer sometimes because i had to bring my, my meal prep backpack. but it was <laughs> more important for me to have the right food than to have a nice blow dryer at the hotel <laughs> it was those checks right. and balances I had, there was a time, I mean, and obviously we do different things and have different levels of extreme depending on our journey. But I started going through like a very intense healing phase. I would be like on a golf outing, like like cracking open a tuna packet, like shamelessly. But it's, again, if it's important to you, you will get it done. It might not be like, you know, super smooth and easy sailing, um, but you know, Mm -hmm. if you need to eat a fucking protein waffle (laughs) on a golf course, you will do it. (laughs) It's like, it's and Brooke is really good proof of that. Jess has uh, has two children. That, yeah. that Wow, yeah. Logan's four, right? Two kids under four. Okay, <laughs> look, look at me. It's almost like I care about kids. Um, she is married. She has three jobs. She is uh, she is uh, commuting twice a week over an hour. Um, she gets it done. Taylor is a mom who is. They how many how many fucking jobs do you have, Taylor? <laughs> mm, it's it's like five. They're individual clients, but. So Taylor's hustling. Luckily, none of those are happening on a street corner. But Taylor's hustling, multiple <laughs> gigs. She's momming hard. She's traveling all over the place. Um, and she's getting it done. So my point being that if it is important, you will get it done. And Brooke has proven that for an entire year she has gotten it done. She manages relationships, friendships, job, school. I mean, it's it's unreal, dude. It's awesome what you do. Um, so give me an idea of like what like what are you eating right now what so we're, we're talking about food like what's your what's your what's your like what's on your meal meal plan this week you're dieting now so I guess it looks a little, little different
1: it is very different actually than what I've been eating um I'm eating a lot of veggies a lot a lot of veggies um Sarah told me to eat my colors I'm pretty sure that's how she said that like I was a three year- old <laughs> eat your colors <laughs> so that's what I've been doing um so, I'm eating, like, a macro-friendly breakfast casserole that's super loaded up with veggies. Um, for the last two weeks, I've eaten a veggie-loaded chicken salad because it's something that I can just, you know, shove down real fast while I'm at work. Um, spaghetti squash, which, Jess, I know you said that you're on, like, a spaghetti squash kick, but it is too much prep work for yeah. me. Yeah. Like, it tasted good, but it's not going to happen again. Oh. Um... <laughs>
0: Wait, you can get. Hold on, I actually have. Um, if Li- I hope. I Lindsay- was gonna say I don't
1: like cooking, and I I'll hope- eat it. <laughs>
0: um, I, I don't know if Lindsay is gonna listen, but she's gonna laugh when I mention this. So Trader Joe's sells like oh fuck, I don't think you have a Trader Joe's bro, but I'm sure they sell. An hour bro. and a like, half. Like dehydrated. Is the
1: closest Trader. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, they sell like a dehydrated spaghetti squash and I bought it like months ago and I I consistently have spaghetti squash for some reason. I just cannot bring myself to rehydrate it. It sits it there and it stares at me and it looks so unappealing, but they do sell that. And I also think that they sell like those steam fresh, already done spaghetti squashes, but I can't, I just can't huh. rehydrate it. I don't know what it is. If... And I said that to, enough, to, to Lindsay and she was like, it's something about the nest like you you just you can't I, I don't know it's like a big turn off it's maybe i'll make it tonight i don't know but it's a big turn off for me so she's eating lots of veggies she's got chicken salad what else you got um
1: like an enchilada casserole that was good barbacoa enchilada casserole um, this week i'm having like taco bowls that i'm adding extra lettuce to um What else did I put on there? Oh, the little turkey stacks. I figured that'd be something for me to like grab and it's got tomatoes and romaine Mm -hmm. on it. Um, it's all super good food. And I always, always have a yogurt parfait at the end of the night. I've been eating a yogurt parfait at the end of the night for almost a solid year. (laughs) I'm not even kidding. Um, but -hmm. whenever I started like really upping my carbs, I started putting honey nut Cheerios in it and it is like my guilty pleasure, some yogurt with blueberries and honey nut Cheerios. It is like the most delicious way to end my day.
0: Girl, I've been eating a variation of that meal for like four years. I recently bought the best cereal in the whole world, crackling Bran, which is not the healthiest option. But if you use it as just like a garnish, it makes it so good. Um, gosh, we're going to talk about food for forever. Taylor, Taylor, what are you eating this week? I know you went grocery shopping yesterday.
3: I did. So I'm having squash for lunch all day this week spaghetti squash um because i do not like prepping whatsoever and i love that i can just pop that in the oven for 45 minutes and then i'll be done and i just have to whip it all together so i have um turkey sausage meatballs with spaghetti squash for lunch Breakfast is a uh, potato egg white scramble i always have my i always have my staple shake which is like either i have it if i get too hungry in the middle of the day or i have it for my dessert so i always have the staple um shake and then dinners are they're so different this week i don't know they're all just what's plates. on your menu well spaghetti squash obviously
2: we've, <laughs>
3: we've
2: yeah we're all and okay so spaghetti squash we're all
3: in love cheese and well, spaghetti squash so, that's all uh, we eat
2: here so spaghetti squash <laughs> cut that bitch in half stick it in a glass dish with about an inch of water and then stick it in the microwave for 15 minutes and then it'll scoop out just fine and no problems. You don't have to oven bake it for an hour or whatever. You just stick it in the microwave. Mm. Um, and then once I get it out of there, then I then yeah. I casserole it up. And this week I'm going to try a jalapeno popper chicken spaghetti squash casserole. I've not made it yet or bought the ingredients for it, but it is coming. I still have leftover of my like lasagna version of my spaghetti squash where I threw in some cottage cheese, some turkey... And sauce and stuff. Um, Amazon also sells the um, dried spaghetti squash situation, so you don't have to go to Trader Joe's if you wanted to try that. Mm. Um, we've been doing a lot. It feels wrong. Do yeah. you just like put wrong. it in water <laughs> like pasta? The the dried one, I think so. I, you I, just I, put it in water
0: honestly, like
1: pasta or what?
0: So. Honestly, Brooke, I'm so turned off by it. I haven't even read the instructions. <laughs> <I'll>, <laughs> I'll, I'll read them after we hang up. Yeah, I'm not
2: sure. I'm not sure.
0: <laughs> I did a different I did a different kind of meal prep this week. Jess, that sounds like a lot of fucking work, but it sounds delicious. Um, my meal prep this week is a little bit different than what I usually do. So I usually will make um, – mm-hmm. I'm like a throw-together because I'm lazy person. Um, but I was realizing yesterday when I told somebody else to eat some color, I was like, go to the grocery store, roast a bunch of vegetables, just have them in the fridge. And so that is what I did yesterday (laughs) because I have literally been like posted in our Facebook group a couple weeks ago, like stabbing a cucumber with a fork, like whole and eating it like a savage. Like that is how I've been getting my veggies. This is, it hasn't been pretty, but I've been like getting it done. Um, yeah. So I was like, you know what, I'm going to do like a meal prep Monday. So I finished my work. I went to the grocery store. I bought every color that looked appealing to me. I roasted some butternut squash. I did like uh, I steamed some broccoli. I saw I ate some that. zucchini, I had some of those Murasaki potatoes. They <laughs> were so good. I made a shit ton of things. Mark came home and he was like, I, he was so confused because usually Mark is the cook. But this type of meal prep I like. And <laughs> I did like some ground, uh, ground like lean turkey sausage. I made a bomb breakfast scramble this morning. But my point being this meal prep was different for me because I just made a bunch of ingredients. I seasoned them all with like. Things that like just salt, pepper, garlic goes with everything, (laughs) and so I can just combine them in different ways. It's usually not my method, but I'm feeling it. I made such a good breakfast. I'm I'm here for it. Any any, anybody else have any food things to talk about? It's good. You and just take like two two or three proteins, like two or three veggies, have some Mm -hmm. berries. You have like your staple parfait thing, and it gives you like that like mix and match variety. um, You know, so that you I don't know. Every once in a while, I, mean, I, I do it that way. Like Usually, that. I mean, it's way more cooking than I normally do. But, you know, once a year, I can do it in the market.
2: But then that opens you up so that you yeah, can, can do leftover makeover. And you can make different meals out She's of it. We, can you tell yeah.
0: that we just talk about food all day long?
1: Yeah, that's fine. I love food. <laughs> but I've gotten so lazy that I eat the same thing over and over. Like, I will literally... Before we started... um the diet phase i had eaten the same breakfast like midday meal and last meal of the day i'd eaten the same meal for probably seven months
0: <laughs> wait if it's and if I it just, ain't broke I why are you trying care. to fix it
1: there's exactly. nothing wrong with that if you
0: it if you like it i, I don't get you like it. it yeah if you like it if it makes you feel good if uh, why not i and that's how i build out my diet and that's how i tell people that's so this is my typical prep is I have three meals that are just shit that I assemble on a plate, no cooking. Then I have one meal new, the dinner that I make my husband cook for me. And then I have leftovers from the night before that he also cooked. So really, No Cooking Sarah gets two, two meals for variety per day. And then I have my three staples that I love.
1: Yeah, that's about how I've been. And I don't care. I'll just eat the same thing over and over again. It doesn't bother me none
0: yeah and then you get bored like of something and you're same, like let me like find something dinners
1: else. Yeah. yeah
0: yeah i do th- i do the same thing i'm not trying to be a top chef jeff is- jeff jess is the ch- is the chef here i'm like pointing up
2: at her yeah <laughs> i mean i do a taylor little always cooking said- now but mm.
0: <laughs> taylor always says if she has to chop an onion she's out
3: <laughs> i just yeah i just I don't like pre-chop. that much first of all chopping an onion in general is annoying they're annoying <laughs> they make you cry you have to like do all these things to prevent the cry- the tears like chopping an onion is annoying but yeah I I strive to be like in the middle of you two like the least mm-hmm. amount of prep and then the overly prepping that's that's what I strive to be I, I just want to get through my meals that's really all I'm trying uh, to do. Taylor
2: doesn't want to have to cook more than dinner per day everything else she wants really to eat like I and really steadily.
3: and I think that's yeah. what it is I wish that my husband would eat like leftovers or something because I constantly have to make something completely different and extravagant for dinner that I'm like, I really just don't want to think about anything the rest of the day.
0: I think so it's time. T- I, I think for his next, uh, whatever upcoming holiday, Oh, Valentine's day is coming. It sounds like hubby needs to get some cooking lessons, get a, get a group on for him and he get his ass in the kitchen for dinner. <laughs> if only. <laughs> <laughs> All right. On that note, we can, we can move on from food. Um, Look, back to Brooke, back back to our, our main subject. Um, so over the past, so you, you've been on your journey for three, three years now. Um, like what's been the biggest game changer for you um, that's making you feel confident about your future success?
1: Um, I think the big game changer was that I made it a point really early on to make movement a habit for me and um over time like my mental health has gotten so dependent on the movement that like I have to work out even if I don't really mm-hmm. have that motivation to I have that consistency there and the like necessity for it um but I think that that really is going to build into my long-term success um because I it re- I really realized how beneficial movement was and finding a movement that you love like uh, I had people tell me all the time you know you need to exercise x amount of t- hours or minutes a week or whatever and then I would try to go and do the elliptical you know for 30 minutes every day and I'd get burnt out and I quit because I hated it and fi- finding movement that I love that I enjoy doing I think that's what's going to build into that long-term sustainable success for me.
0: That's awesome. I love that. Um, what what kind of – I'm going I'm to expand on that. Um, so Brooke hasn't dieted for an entire year. We just started a, a deficit. But we took an entire year off of dieting. And, and we've talked about it a couple right. of times, how, like, it's just un, uncharted territory for a lot of us that have dieted forever. What kind of value did you see in in just not focusing on that and focusing on other things?
1: Um, Yeah, so for one, I felt good physically. I mean, when you're dieting, you and I talked about this this week, whenever you're dieting, there are just side effects that come with it. Your digestion gets weird. Your energy gets weird. And for a whole year, I felt great. I didn't have to worry about you know low energy. Um, I felt strong. I saw, I've my body has completely transformed in the past year. The amount of muscle that I've built is mm-hmm. astronomical, something I did not even expect. I didn't know that I was physically capable of looking like I do um, with like the muscle growth that I've had. Um, and so it was nice to just be able to sit back and not worry about, um, the, those side effects of dieting and just really focus on building, you know, for a year. And I got to eat, and really I said food, like I, yeah. I'm a foodie too. I, I got, I was mm-hmm. so happy. And, and even at, in that time, whenever my schedule got really funky, you were, you kept telling me like, this is a good time for your schedule to get funky and for you to not be perfect on your plan because there's really no stakes, right? Like, We're, Mm -hmm. we're not trying to lose weight. We're just building right now. And so if it's, if your macros are not perfect, if you're just, as long as you're getting close to that calorie goal, like that's okay. If that's all you can do. And it gave me a lot of peace. I feel like in those more stressful times during my life,
0: I think for me, like being in like more maintenance or growing mode for a while now has really kind of been like a relief for me because I feel like any time that I've been working to change my body um, that I expect that I'm going to have to like keep doing that forever. And like, yes, the habits and behaviors and routines you have to do forever. um, But when you're trying to make changes, you're going to be a little bit more dialed in. You're going to be a little bit more comfortable when you're cruising, which is what's going to be most of your life, you get to have more freedom and flexibility. Oh, look, we just arrived at a balanced lifestyle. And I've seen that in you, um, you know, and a perfect test of that, is getting through the holiday season, you know, check in on January second and look in the same way you did on December second, which you did, and so that's really proof of you
1: creating this long lifestyle, which is
0: super exciting um, for your geeky coach over here, at least.
1: <laughs> no, it's exciting for me too, because there. This is the first time in my life that I've stayed the same weight for multiple years in a row. You know, like never in my. I'm thirty one. And this is the first time in my life that I've just stayed the same weight. I, there was no fluctuations. I just coasted, mm-hmm. and it was a really weird experience to be in a spot where I wasn't worried about losing weight. I was just mm-hmm. coasting, like you said, just existing,
0: living your life.
1: Yeah, I didn't have to worry about trying to make money.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's well. It's funny. Like I put on, I put on a pair of jeans last weekend that I bought them like six years ago and they fit me differently over the past six years, but I've been able to wear the same pair of jeans for six years. Never in my life could I have told you that I could wear the same pair of pants for multiple years in a row. And I was like, Ooh, this is so cool. I can like shop my closet. And I was like, I don't have a lot of NSVs these days. And I was kind of like, Ooh, that's really cool. I like that.
1: Yeah, that's amazing. And that's just a testament to the fact that you found something that is lifelong. Like, And that's always been my goal. Like I said, I wanted to reset my relationship with food. With VSG, I wanted to find something that was going to fix my relationship with food forever so that I didn't have to deal with that fluctuation
0: constantly. So what do you you think was the fix? For me, the fix was education, Uh, like just learning what to do and how to do it. That was what my fix was. And it's different for a lot of people. Like, what do you think has been the biggest piece on your healing journey so far?
1: I think recognizing, um, for me, I really, truly do believe that I have food addiction. I, and so Mm -hmm. learning that there are certain foods I just cannot buy. I cannot have, even if they're gluten-free, sugar-free cookies, I can't buy cookies and keep them in my house because I'm going to eat the whole fucking package of them. Like I cannot Mm -hmm. moderate certain things but I can find things that bring me pleasure like my yogurt parfaits that taste amazing to me and taste just as good as a cookie Mm -hmm. to me that I can have in moderation and that still give me that same like sense of satisfaction um that don't completely derail my life you know or give me feelings of shame when Mm -hmm. I'm done eating it you know so that was the biggest piece. Absolutely. Of really, really coming to terms and facing myself in the mirror and saying, "Okay, this is the facts. You are a food addict, mm-hmm. and there are some foods that you're just not going to be able to eat." Just like an alcoholic has to say, "Okay, I can't have alcohol anymore." For me, you I took just, the words out of my food
0: mouth. Food. I think of it as the <laughs> same way. I think I, I think of it as the same way. And the hardest part when it comes to food addiction, this is something my dad used to always say, is that it's not like any other drug where you can just say, I'm just not going to have it. Um, certain things, yeah, right. but but we need food to live. So it's like you're telling a heroin addict, well, I'm just going to give you a little bit every day. Um, and that, I mean, that makes right. food addiction, I think, one of the hardest things to manage. And I think when it comes to any kind of addiction, that it's a, it's a management situation. Um, I'll tell you that, like, yes. for me, the symptoms have dissipated and become easier over time from putting in the work as you all as everybody in this in this chat is doing um but it's still something that'll always be you know that it it, it exists (laughs) and you know if you're not careful history repeats itself
1: yeah yeah Yeah. so i have to be really careful yeah
0: Mm -hmm. i don't think there's anything wrong with having fear of of going back i you know a lot of times people say to me like i'm just so scared of becoming that person again and I'm like that's good. Like you should like you should be scared of that. I and, and I'm like and saying it like it's a not a good thing. Like I'm scared of becoming the old me. Not so much anymore cuz I'm really confident in where I'm at, but that for a long time that
1: was a driver.
0: Right. Was I don't want to go back to being that yeah. way and feeling that way.
1: I never want to feel that way again. I don't mm-hmm. honestly don't even know who that person was because I feel right? so <laughs> different from that person. Like mm-hmm. and, and I I it's just mind-blowing to me because everything in my life changed. It wasn't just, you know, the fact that my body got smaller. There were so many other things about me that changed throughout this process. Um, I don't, sometimes I don't like calling it a journey because I feel like there's no end. Like, this is just life. God. So I have taken it to calling it a process. I have taken All right, a I like it. A process um uh so like through this process like i've learned and changed so much i don't i don't even it's hard for me to even remember you know how i thought and felt i know how i behaved because i didn't like Mm -hmm. the way that i behaved but it's hard to remember what it was like to be that person because i'm so different now
0: Mm
2: -hmm. yeah what are some I, uh, i can totally relate to that What are some doors that have opened for you or that you've um, had the courage to open since you've changed?
1: Oh, nursing school, for sure. Like, I I wouldn't have been physically capable of being a nurse at 350 pounds, but I also didn't believe that I could do it. Like, I wanted to do it, but I didn't believe that I could. And then after I had weight loss surgery, I lost my first 100 pounds. I was like, I can do anything. Like I wanna do look at the look at this, like and then I hit you know one ninety. I was like I can absolutely do anything after doing that. Are you kidding me? Like I lost a whole human. I lost like my boyfriend in weight. That's uh-huh. mind blowing. And I can do whatever the hell that I want to. And I did. So, you know, I was telling people that I was going to school at Texas Tech for nursing before I'd even applied. Like, I was like, I'm go- I'm starting January 2020, I'm going to go to nursing school. I didn't even apply, but I was so convinced that I could do it and that it was going to happen that I was telling everybody that it was going to happen, just like it was already happening. So that confidence, like, I feel like that is the biggest thing that I've gained, like that confidence that anything that I decide that I'm going to do, I'm going to do it.
0: Mm-hmm. That's badass, girlfriend. That's awesome. Yeah, I love it. All right, Taylor, what you got?
3: Um, What is one piece of advice for people just starting out?
1: Be really, really honest with yourself and with your coach. Like, you are not going to get anywhere if you're not honest with yourself and with your coach. And this is something that I still struggle with. I, in fact, had a conversation with Jess about this the other day about being honest through my binges. Like, tracking what I'm eating when I'm binging because I just don't want to face the what like seeing actually how much I ate and what I ate, you know, so I don't want to track it, but, um, you have to be really ready to like face yourself truly. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like I said, stand in the mirror and be willing to own up to like, these are the behaviors that I have that are keeping me from being successful. And this is what I'm going to have to do to change it. And I'm going to have to be honest throughout the whole process and open to trusting that the team has more education and knowledge than you've got gotten from your fad diets and Instagram or whatever place you've gotten your information. They know what they're doing. You just have to trust them because it does work. Just trust the process. <laughs> That's hard.
0: Mark always says, if they just did what you said, it would all work out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, well, well, that's what we're working on. But that is, but it is such a good point because I think that, you know, there's so, mm-hmm. the thing is, is that I always say to people, like right. when, when you come to this experience, come with an open mind and a student's heart. Um, you need to engage in this process. And so then I say, Absolutely. it's like you're learning a new skill. And if you came to me to teach you any skill, right. you would anticipate that you were going to suck in the beginning <laughs> and that you were going to have to ask for a lot of help and a lot of tips and tricks. But when it comes to this health and fitness thing, it's so personal. It's so emotional. It's a skill that we practice every day, multiple times a day um, that I think that, you know, it, that makes it really hard. And I know that for me, that viewing it as that way, as I'm learning something and, um, and looking at it, separating my emotion from things and looking at things from a data standpoint, which you guys all know that I do, um, has helped me to be more objective yeah, with things because being subjective has never helped me on my health and fitness yeah. journey personally
2: and we're never going to come from a place of judgment because we've been there we've walked in those shoes and we know what it feels like and we know the choices that it <laughs> takes so we're never coming from a place of judgment right. it's like okay let's own right. up let's take power in owning our decisions and make a plan to move forward
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. well and I think that when you guys first start and before you like get to know us and you have you know some rough week because a rough week happens that it probably is scary to check in because you want to check in with an a plus report card but that's not the point of checking in. And it's not, I'm not like a boot camp style. Like, Brooke, maybe you can share. You don't have to share specifics. But like when there's been a time that you have been, uh, you know, hesitant to check in. Like, what was the, how did that all play out? And how was that received?
3: There's right?
1: been, I can name at least like three times that I've checked in with you. And I'm like beating myself up in the check-in. Like, just full of shame. Mm-hmm. And you always send on your Check-in recordings. You always send us a little video where you're talking in front of your pretty flowers that you've got there, and you're always so nice. <laughs> and I'm like, I, you know, you get this idea of uh, what a nutrition coach is going to look like or a personal trainer that they're going to like punish you for, you know, making bad choices. And you're always like, it happens. Like, so what? You had a bad week. Mm-hmm. It's okay, like just get up and and get back to it. This week it's not the end of the world because I am an I'm an in, I'm in, um a catastrophizer, so I'm the type of person that's like I messed up, it's the end of the world. I do remember saying, I think it was after Christmas maybe or after like my graduation Christmas smash up, and I had just completely gone off the rails. Like it was bad and I checked in and I was like did I undo a year's worth of work and you were like are you fucking kidding right now of course you didn't like that's not possible (laughs) and um so I'm always much more mean to myself than you are um you are so kind and
0: I think I think we all are yeah but that's not what my job is that's not what my job is. And if I don't, and, and if I don't, so my I always say when somebody asks, what do I do? I'm here to educate you, to support you, to hold you accountable. That's why, that's literally what your team right. is, is here to help you with. My job is not to beat you up, to judge you, to shame you. Um, but in order for me to help you, you have to, we have to have an honest communication. And I view it as, first of all, if I was a boot camp style coach, what a miserable fucking bitch I would be. Like, think about like how angry I'd be if I was like yelling at people, like horrible yeah. life, horrible life. But also with my goal for us to have an open, honest communication, it, it, I like to think of it as like a teenager that, that doesn't want to tell their parents the truth because they don't want the consequences. Right. And it's like, well, hold on here. There's something, there's something missing. So I think that's a big part of the process there. Um, Jess, I'll let you ask the final and favorite question.
2: Oh, our final and favorite question. Uh, if you could have one food be calorie and consequence free, what would it be?
1: Pizza. I mean, y'all you probably could have guessed that like 30 <laughs> yeah. minutes ago. I miss pizza yeah. so bad. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the most amazing. Thing. All right. Walk
0: that out. Tell us about the cheese thing. Oh, so after, after we answered that question as all cheese, Brooke listened to the podcast and she messaged me and she was like, funny thing about cheese. Oh yeah. So, <laughs>
1: so cheese actually lights up similar parts of your brain to as like cocaine. So you literally get like a boost of happiness whenever that. you eat cheese, so it's addictive. Just similar to like caffeine and sugar. Mm-hmm. It affects mm-hmm. your brain, brain chemistry, so it makes sense that everybody wishes that they could have cheese forever because it makes you feel good when you eat cheese.
2: It's so true. Yeah.
0: It's so, it's Before so true. Before I started working I'm, I'm sorry, with the team. i sorry it doesn't agree with most of us here. Yeah.
1: Before I started working <laughs> with the team, I eat cheese for every meal. <laughs> every single meal did I go seven days without pooping absolutely but I was eating cheese at every meal yeah
0: we're gonna use that we're gonna use that clip for the promo for the promo post absolutely (laughs) love it what a shame that something that makes you so happy also is one of the top inflammatory things. what kind of fuckery is that God wasn't thinking that
1: day and sugar too I mean sugar's a huge all right guys yeah. Thank you guys for having me. This All was so things. fun. And I it's great to finally see your faces. Like uh, I've worked with y'all for so long. And I don't think I, I've had a, a video call with Jess. And uh, Sarah, I don't know that we've ever had a video call. You talk to me on video a lot. No,
0: I, I we've definitely. Yeah. yeah, I was about to say, you see this <laughs> mug a lot. You see my backdrop yeah. a lot. Um, we certainly... Act a lot, but I don't think on this platform. No. Um, Brooke, I want to thank you for joining us here, but I also want to thank you for within your work with the, with us, of course, but just in general for being so open and honest on your journey. Always, it's what originally attracted me to you and your page is that you are so candid and so r- real and so. Um, And so brave and sharing your journey much more so than I have been, to be honest. And so I really thank you for that. Mm -hmm. Um, And then more specifically for sharing your experience with the team. I think that your story is is super inspiring and and I'm psyched for year two. Oh, hey, before we wrap this up, tell them what your goal is for this year um, and then where to find you.
1: Oh, um, so I am prepping for summer shredding. I'm going to do their transformation division, and I'm super scared because it's super out of my comfort zone. But I've spent the last year building, so I think I'm ready. Um, and you can find me on Instagram at storyofbee.bsg.
0: And Jess will put that in the show notes. I'm sure she's much more organized with this stuff. all right guys you guys are the bomb (laughs) thank you everybody for listening to the been there lost fat podcast our our motto here is do it right so you only have to do it once if you are looking for personalized and customized programming to reach and sustain your health and fitness goals check us out on our website teamfitwithme.com all sorts of free resources in there you can also set up a complimentary call with me um, and don't be shy reaching out to anybody, especially Brooke. She, her door is totally wide open um, to slide up in the DMs. That's, that's why I know her. <laughs> Absolutely.